Welcome to the United We Pledge podcast, a place where we explore the way we can work together in our communities to fulfill our mission of shared responsibility and allegiance to the traditional American values of freedom, family, and faith. This is the place where we accept our duty to be constitutional, law-abiding citizens. You are invited to join us as we meet individuals who are fulfilling and pledging themselves and their resources to this mission. Each week, we will tell the great American story that will inspire you and the next generation to stand united and pledge allegiance to this great nation. I'm your host, Colleen Rue. Excited today to have with us Jeffrey J. McKenna. He is on our creative advisory board for United We Pledge. But not only that, Jeff comes to us as the president of the Red Cliffs of Zion Sons of the American Revolution, which is something that he helped charter and get started in Southern Utah. He's also an attorney by trade with Barney McKenna and Olmstead here in Southern Utah. And he's also an author of the book, Saving Dr. Warren, A True Patriot. It's all about the story of Dr. Joseph Warren. And if you don't know who Joseph Warren is, well, I know Jeff could tell you, but you should just go get the book because it's written for middle schoolers and it's really exciting. And that's why we have Jeff with us today, because Jeff, you are someone who is also that patriot and you have this passion for the United States and for patriotism. And what I love, Jeff, is that you want to make sure that we carry this patriotic feeling onto the younger generation. Where did this start for you? Why why do you feel so passionate about these stories and bringing these stories to our youth? Hey, thanks, Holly. That's a great question. I, I mean, I've always loved my country. I mean, I can remember, you know, visiting with a Marine recruiter and you know, looking at the possibility of serving my country. Um, I didn't. And I have the just great, great respect for veterans, maybe even more so because I, I didn't ever wear a uniform. So I'm so grateful for those that have. But I've always loved my country. And I'm not without the idea that my country has faults, just like I have faults, just like my beautiful wife has faults. But if we only focus, Colleen, on the faults, if I only looked at the, the blemishes that my wife has, I miss the beautiful woman that she is. And I could, I could just focus on blemishes and blemishes and blemishes, but she's got so many more beautiful things about her. And I think we could do the same thing with our nation, right? If we just are gonna focus on our blemishes, we miss the fact that this is the greatest nation that's ever existed. I know there's blemishes and that's the cool thing. We're making those better. We're working on those. Great people repent, great nations repent. So the idea to be able to to do something. It came 20 years ago when I was reading a book that my beautiful wife gave me. It was called um, Rebels and Redcoats, First-Hand Accounts of the American Revolution. And I can remember, you know, Colleen, I'm the father of four children and you get like certain windows of like that, that precious golden time where the kids are in bed and, and, and you have that moment. And, you know, I had that. I can still remember where I was. I was laying on my bed. I had the book that my wife had given me and I started reading the first chapter. And the first chapter is talking about how Paul Revere is sneaking through the streets of Boston on the evening of April 18th and it's it's dark and he's getting to a door and he's knocking on the door and he's getting brought in quickly and he's being told what he's supposed to do about how the British are gonna be moving and how that information has been determined and how William Dawes has went one way and he's gonna be going another way. And, and I'm hearing all of this or I'm reading all of this and I'm thinking to myself, Colleen, who the heck is giving Paul Revere instructions around here? And I realized it was a man by the name of Dr. Joseph Warren. And the more I learned about Dr. Joseph Warren, 
And he was a truly, he was a physician. He was a young physician. Just four months after, three months after giving Paul Revere these instructions, he's going to be dead at Bunker Hill in June of 75. And he's just barely going to have turned 34. I mean, at this point, he's 33 years old. And he is the right-hand man of Sam Adams. He's the president of the Provincial Congress of Massachusetts. He's the chairman of the Committee of Safety. He's the chairman of the Committee of Correspondence. And the more I learned about him, the more I thought, how did he ever get forgotten? And I just had this crazy thought 20 years ago when I first read those, that chapter, that first chapter in Rebels and Redcoats, I had the idea, you know what? I love reading you know, literature to my children before they go to bed. That's one of my great joys in the day. And my wife, you know, tag, you're in. I've been having the kids all day. And I loved it. I would read to them and, and we would enjoy, you know, children's literature. And I thought how cool it would be to write a book that uh, middle schoolers could read about uh, Joseph Warren. And, uh, and it was hard to because I've never written a book. And uh, I can write a really good will. And I could write a really good trust or a really good legal contract. But that's really, really boring if you're a 14-year-old middle schooler. And so, hence the 20 years in the process of writing and rewriting and, and doing all of those things. And, and, and to be honest, um, even trying to come up with an idea of how to tell the story, it was right after 9-11, you know, it was just so, a little bit more than 20 years ago now, but uh, I had come up, it was in 2001, it was in like the summer and the spring of 2001, where I first was contemplating and trying to dream up, how do I tell the story? You know, what would I be able to do? And 9-11 hit. And after that, like everything just came to into my mind, you know, it's going to be a boy that lives right after 9-11. He's going to have experiences with World War II veterans who I love personally as an estate planning attorney, Colleen, when I was right out of law school, most, not most, but a lot of my clients were these 70-year-old World War II veterans, the same ones that still remain with us that are now in their 90s, were in their 70s. And so I had a lot of World War II veteran clients and I loved hearing their stories. I loved serving them. And I thought, I can tell this story about a 14-year-old that lives after 9-11. I can include stories about, you know, his great uncle that was a veteran on Okinawa. And I can get those stories in. And then I can have this, this connection between Joseph Warren and the 1770s and, and, and all of the, the things that were taking place with a 14-year-old boy. And, and just to wrap up, those are three very patriotic times. 9-11, World War II, and 1770s Boston. And so you wrap that all up and you give a 14-year-old or a 13-year-old or a 15-year-old boy or girl a really um, exciting adventure that takes them to some very patriotic uh, places. What an exciting story. And, and you can just hear the excitement that you have for this topic. And one thing that you had mentioned that I want to go back to is you talked about how History, we can look back at history and see maybe the blemishes, the things that we did wrong. But we're sitting here in the future, you know, with our hindsight 2020 vision looking back. And it's so easy for us to make these judgments, right, on these people that were trying their very, very best. And I think it's always important when we talk about history and when we look back at these patriots that we have to give a little grace. Do you ever find that? 
Oh, I love that word that you used at the very end, grace. Isn't that the truth? And I think we fail to do that sometimes, Colleen. We, I just love that. I mean, I've never heard it said just as you said it, but I thought about it a bunch. You know, I've thought about it in the context of like, you know, visiting a foreign country. We're always sensitive. We should be sensitive as we travel. You know, I mean, they have different customs. They have different cultures. It's just different. And we can't impose what we're bringing and what we think into their custom or culture. And yet, you know, when we go back in history, I think that's the best analogy that you can have is that we're going back to, to different cultures and different, you know, ways of life. And we've got to be so careful about that. But I loved what you said. Let's take grace along with us when we go on this journey. You know, let's let's be a little bit more gracious in in, in how we present it, because you're right. They They, they did things, but they were in a, it was a whole different mindset. I mean, George Washington was given a slave when he was 11 years old. I mean, 11 year olds old, how do you process that? And yet he will release hundreds of slaves in his will at the end of his life. I mean, do we not give him some grace for, you know, the, the, the elements that happen and, and just, you know, I, I, I think that is so important. I, I like the analogy of what I said, you know, all great people repent, all great people. I mean, there's no one walked this planet that hasn't had the need for it. And the great ones do, they want to change. They want to be better. Great nations do the same. And the United States has, there's been ma- wonderful, beautiful amendments to our constitution to make it better. There's wonderful, great efforts, but we got, we have to be so careful at just focusing on the negative. I, I, you know, give a little grace. That was a great way to say that or placing our own value system that we now live in on that time. Because like you said, it was a different time. George Washington, Joseph Warren, Paul Revere, these men, they grew up in a very different, a very different United States than we have. And we have what we have because of their efforts. And their their efforts were something that we're constantly building on, like you said, through amendments to the Constitution, through different legal action that we have, through looking back and, and changing that lens and going forward with that patriotism and carrying on what they have. We can't we can't just always look back and think, oh, they they got this wrong, they got this wrong, they got this wrong. When truly, look at where we're sitting. They got so much right i just say a big amen yeah i i agree and and i think we can all you know work towards you know doing that and i think there's some though that want to just not acknowledge you know the the difficulties of certain americans and i think we have to acknowledge that we haven't gotten it all right and i and i think that there is there needs to be a blending i I love, well, I love the mission of United We Pledge. I love that word, united, united, united. It's in the very name of our nation. Every time we sing, every time we pledge, every time, you know, that we put our hand on our heart, we're talking about being united. And I think we all look now and say, yikes, this is a time when we're not as united. I, I mean, that's one of the reasons I, I just cherish. I mean, 9-11 was a terrible time. I mean, terrible, but beautiful in the sense that you couldn't, you couldn't give any more blood. We've given so much blood to help. You couldn't find a flag in the store because all of the flags were flying at somebody's house. We were united. And, you know, you don't want to have to have a national emergency to create that united. And so United We Pledge's mission is beautiful. I, I want to help support it any way I can, because that is the goal is we must be more united. Our name 
bears that uh, obligation and we need to work towards it. Yeah, for sure. And I think these days we talk about patriots and I feel like the definition that they're using in, you know, media, just mainstream media, patriot gets a bad name sometimes. That word is being used sometimes as a negative towards people who are are not necessarily upholding the values of our country, and it's causing more of a divide. So what would you define a patriot as? What is a patriot? Ah, Colleen, I love it. You know, in the book that I wrote, Saving Dr. Warren, a true patriot. And that's in quotes because that was the that was the name Joseph Warren used when he wrote articles in the Boston newspapers. It was a pseudonym, right? He didn't, I mean, he was writing, you know, treasonous, you know, articles basically saying the king's wrong. And, you know, that was that was grounds for for being shot at the commons, uh, Boston commons. I mean, so he would use this different pseudonyms, but one that he used quite often was a true patriot. And, you know, when you asked me to define that in the book, if I had to, in the book, it's very much referenced. It's very, in fact, the, the essay contest that begins the book is this 14 year old with the, with what does patriotism mean after 9-11? That's, that's kind of what starts everything is my 14 year old boy can write an, an amazing essay. He loves to write. He's a really bright guy. He and his friend love books, love to write. She and him, you know, get together to write this essay and he's going to just, you know, write what the judges want to hear. It's not about true patriotism. It's about, hey, we can win $500 if we just figure out what it is they want to hear. And so he games it. He wins the essay contest and it triggers these events that really cause him to look at what does true patriotism mean. And the very last section of the book, it's defined. I mean, there's lots of ways to define it, you know, Colleen, but I'm going to go with the word, one word, remember, that that might be the most powerful word in the English language. We must remember a lot of people gave a lot for us to have what we have. You know, Dr. Warren gave his life at 33 when he had four young children. He goes to a hill on, on top, you know, outside of Boston and didn't have to be there. In fact, he was told not to be there by the committee of safety that he was the chairman for. They planted a guard in front of his house to keep him from going there. But he knew the men needed to see a leader that believed in the cause. And he went and he gave his life on that hill. You know, I mean, it's those that put on that uniform for us. You've got to remember them. You've got to be thankful for it. And I think with remembering comes gratitude. So I think those go hand in hand. I mean, I think remembering gratitude and then do something, you know, do something to help your country. I, I joke in my little, is such a small thing, Colleen, but if I see a piece of trash, I like to try to pick it up. I know that's so small, but it's just like, you know what? I love my nation. It makes this planet just a little bit better. You know, what can I do? You know, and and so kind of those are three things, you know, remember um, and then be grateful and then do. Yeah. Patriotism is an action word. It is an action word. Just like United We Pledge. That's an action word. This United We Pledge is an action 
to get people to do those three things you just talked about. That's what we want, whether it's the freedom summits that we have for the youth or whether it's the village to village run that we're about to embark on to bring this village, this American village to the West. It's about acting on those things in a way that unites with the people around us. Because I think we all know none of us are alike. You know, you and I are different. We've had different experiences. Other people in this country come from different countries to be here and enjoy the freedoms that we have here. We all bring so much to the table. And I think that that's part of our patriotism as well, to realize that those people who come in, those people who are different from us, that is what this was all founded on. I could not agree more. I mean, the Howard family, Lex Howard, I mean, the commitment that they have made to United We Pledge, the entire Balance of Nature team and the creation of United We Pledge, Dennis Levitt and the countless hours and, you know, switching careers to become part of this vision. You know, I mean, it's just so exciting to have Tom Walker and the American village, you know, of the East, let's call it, of the South, you know, the one that's there in Alabama, you know, to have them be part of, you know, what's going to now take place in the American village here in the West. It's just, it is outstanding. And, uh, you know, just a, just a wonderful, yeah, as you said, that's the purpose of United We Pledge is to help us remember, help us be grateful, help us do something. And to, like you said, to unite everybody. Um, Colleen, a good friend of mine, I grew up in Las Vegas and in Las Vegas, I had friends that I played, you know, football with. I wasn't a great football player. I was too small and too slow, but uh, I, I had a lot of heart, I had a lot of enthusiasm out on the field. And I had some buddies and, and one of them, you know, a great, African-American friend of mine sent a, a meme and it had a picture of the United States all in blue. And he said, some people want this. And then it had a picture of the United States and it was all in red. And he said, other people want this. And he said in, in the little meme, it said, but this is what I want. And it showed a picture of the United States and it had a, the stripes of red, the stripes of you know, white, the stripes of the, you know, the, the, the background for the blue. It was, it was basically, it was our flag. It was the red, white, and blue flag. And, and he said, this is what I want. And we've got to recognize that if we're, if, you know, if we lean towards the red, hey, that's great. You know, if you lean towards the blue, that's fabulous. But respect both sides, as you're saying, and that we can have the differences and we can be statesmen with respect to those and we can be united. We must be united. We bear that name in the name of our nation and we need to have it. And united we pledge, you know, that is the the avowed mission. That's the, the statement of the charitable organization. And again, I commend Dennis Levitt, commend Lex Howard, commend the Howard family, commend the family at Balance of Nature that is throwing so many resources in the, and the um, camaraderie and, um, and uh, resources that the American village in Alabama is providing to the American village of the West with Tom Walker, you know, just retiring literally this week and having committed to, to be involved in help. It's just, just so amazing. Um, you just, just hope that it can, you know, continue to get a, an audience and people can continue to see the, the benefits of, uh, of, of uh, not just the benefits, but the necessity of uniting. 
You know, and that's we got to actually talk with Tom Walker on our podcast just last week. And so, so neat to be able to talk to him and learn about the American village. And I I love how, you know, we're not only uniting East and West, but uniting different people from different backgrounds, because it's just the hallmark of the calling card of United We Pledge. And your passion for the youth and spreading this message of patriotism to the youth. How do we do that with kids? You know, I, I'm a mother of a 16-year-old daughter and a 13-year-old son. They see a lot in the media. They see a lot of divisiveness. They see a lot of problems. They see a lot of contention. How can we see through that? And how do we work to share this message with our children? Oh, wow, Pauline, that's a million dollar question, right? I mean, if I had an answer for that, I, you know, I could, uh, but, but I did spend 20 years writing a book to try to address that. You go to Goodreads right now and there's over 260 reviews with a 4.86 star rating. Most of those reviews, Colleen, are from middle school students. You read them and they're middle school students that basically said, when I thought I had to read a history book in school class, I was like, oh, this is gonna be boring. But I liked your book. And then they go on to talk about why they liked it. And then they'll say something like this. And it made me realize what I can do to be a better American. It made me realize really what true patriotism is. And you'll read a statement like that. And you know, for me as the author, I'm just like, every minute of those 20 years was worth it. I, I'm, an, I'm, an, I'm an attorney. I bill on an hourly basis. I know how many thousands of hours I spent writing and rewriting. I rewrote the book four times because again, I didn't know how to write a novel. I can write a really good will and really good trust, but I know what I could measure the value of that time. And every minute of that time is worth it when you have a student say those kind of words and you read those 260 plus reviews. Again, almost all of them are middle school students and, and a 4.86 star rating on out of a five. And you're like, every minute was worth it. And so I'm grateful. And so I, I, I honestly, I believe saving Dr. Warren, a true patriot, Colleen, I believe it can help. The problem is, is that it has to compete against, you know, all these Harry Potter, they're fabulous books. And it's a good, it's a really good book when they read it, but, but to get them to read it, the teachers is, is the key, you know, I mean, or, or parents, you know, too. It's just, I know how many times my parents wanted me to read a book or my grandmother had good books for me to read. I always read the books that were assigned to me by my teacher because I had to, it was for a grade, but sometimes the other books I'd like, yeah, grandma, I'll read that. Yep. Yep. Mom, dad got that. I'll read it. And well, but there's there's ways that we can still share the message just in our daily lives with our kids. And, you know, like you said, picking up trash or serving a neighbor or you served on the veterans home here in southern Utah. There's things that we can do as adults that just exemplify being a patriot. And that's not sitting on a keyboard and making comments on a Facebook feed or a Twitter feed. It's getting out and enjoying what we have and recognizing those things and celebrating, coming together, bringing our children together and celebrating those things. I love how United We Pledge is so involved with Fourth of July celebrations in Southern Utah. That's a perfect example of someplace we can bring our kids where they can feel of that spirit of that patriotism. And even if they don't want to pick up the book or crack the book, we can still share the stories and be like, have you heard about this? And, you know, there's there are things that we can do. And 
I think it it does fall heavily on our shoulders as parents and grandparents and just citizens of this great nation to be able to make an example for the youth. And I, I love the, the Freedom Summits. The Freedom Summits are so great with United We Pledge. And I think that's a huge way of expanding that message. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I think that, as you said it, I mean, you know, just even in the example of the picking up trash, as simple as that is, as a family to say, you know what, it makes our country better. That's that's a patriotic act. We remember our country. Act great, be grateful for your country. Pick up that trash and you're doing something and you've covered all three of those things. But United We Pledge and the 4th of July, it was so amazing last year where they made that decision. You know what? This isn't going to be about a, you know, a country music, you know, star and fireworks. This is going to be about faith and family and freedom. And they changed the the um, the paradigm you know, as far as that 4th of July celebration and into something that is exactly what you said, Colleen, something that parents should should seek to take their children and grandchildren to because it's it's those kind of actions. I would like to throw one more thing out there, and that is when we get done, I will give to you a link that is for a for an audible, the audible version of the book. It doesn't cost anything for me. I, I, I selected a version of Audible. We had, a, we had a, a professional narrator out of Texas that did the audio, and it doesn't cost anything for me to share it. And, and I specifically selected an option. You know, I get a lot less royalties or what. I don't take any royalties, by the way, on this book. I've used all of that I can. Whenever I do an organization, I just, as Sons of the American Revolution, Daughters of the American Revolution, American Legion, um, a veteran's home, whatever organization that I end up doing something and I'll do a book signing, I'm just able to give the proceeds back. I'm a... I'm an attorney. I'm, I'm fortunate in my practice at this point. And it's just fun to just be able to give it back, give it back, give it back. But I'd love to, Colleen, for all of your listeners out there to be able to have that free, that link to a free Audible book. Um, if I could, I'd push a button and I'd give it to everybody in the nation. But that's a fun way to do it as a family, as you're traveling somewhere, to be able to listen to the book um, as you're traveling about these World War II stories, about what 9-11 was about, because that's history for these, for these uh, middle school students now. They didn't live through 9-11. And then, of course, to learn more about 1770s Boston and the Tea Party and the, and the Lexington and Concord and the Boston Massacre and all of those things that we're celebrating for the 250th anniversary of our nation to have a better idea about that. It will make these celebrations more meaningful. December 16th of 2023, we'll be celebrating the 250th anniversary of the Boston Tea Party. Well, how many people really even knew what that was about? And, you know, especially the 14 year olds, this is a great way where a modern day 14 year old experiences the Boston Tea Party and learns about, you know, what was going on to cause it and what, you know, and how it ends up creating the the impetus for the for the revolution that will will follow in two years yeah oh i love that you're going to share that link i'm a definite audible reader i don't know if listening is called reading anymore but that's how i read my books jeff so i think that's a great way to share it so thank you so much we'll make sure to stick that in our show notes so anybody listening can make sure to have that and they can share it with whoever they would like and Jeff, I'm just so grateful that you were able to come on with us today and talk about Dr. Joseph Warren and please pick up Jeff's book. Of course, it's Jeffrey McKenna. The book is Saving Dr. Warren, A True Patriot. We've got that link to the audio version that we'll put in show notes, but yeah, let's keep these patriotic stories going. Let's keep teaching our youth and let's keep uniting on freedom, family, and faith and taking that mission statement of United We Pledge. Thank you so much, Jeff. Been my pleasure, Colleen. You've been a wonderful hostess and I just can't thank you enough for the opportunity. 
Thank you for listening to the United We Pledge podcast. It's brought to you by Balance of Nature. If you'd like to join us in inspiring freedom, faith, and family here in America, go to unitedwepledge.org. And don't forget to follow us on social media.